With a new generation of Ethernet APL products due to hit the process automation marketplace yet this year, process industries will finally be able to boast a unified Ethernet architecture that reaches from intrinsically safe field devices all the way to the cloud. Sure, device bandwidth will be much faster, allowing ready access to process variables as well as all that secondary data, but Ethernet APL will also deliver substantially more electrical power to those devices, allowing more memory, more powerful microprocessors, and really unprecedented capabilities to the digital field. Hello, my name is Keith Larson, editor of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com, and you're listening to a Solution Spotlight edition of our Control Amplified podcast, sponsored this week by our friends at Emerson. To help explore what new field device capabilities Ethernet APL will make possible, I'm happy to be joined by Jonas Burge, Senior Director of Applied Technology for Emerson's Automation Solutions business. Welcome, Jonas. Real, real pleasure to have you join us here today. Thank you, Keith. Uh, great to be here. Well, thanks for taking the time. Maybe just to start things off, perhaps you can talk a little bit more about just how much more bandwidth and power we're talking about with Ethernet APL. I think people talk about the bandwidth and it's going to be faster, but I think compared to analog 4 to 20 milliamp part or even field bus technology, there's a lot more power that, that that's reaching the instruments as well. Yeah. So let's start with the bandwidth numbers. You know, so Ethernet uh, APL runs at 10 megabit per second, while Hart runs at 1.2 kilobit per second. Mm -hmm. So APL really is more than 8,000 times faster, and, and Fieldbus runs at 31.25 kilobit per second. So APL is still more than 300 times faster than that. Mm -hmm. So APL will be able to carry lots more data, uh, which enables more devices on a network. So for the, for the power supply, I'm glad you brought this up because mm -hmm. uh, it's important but often forgotten you know, as we get all yeah. excited about bandwidth. Right. right. So uh, Ethernet APL provides uh, not only communication but also power of the same two wires, just like 4 to 20 milliamp hard loop powered and field bus uh, bus power. So for two wire loop powered uh, hard devices, uh, their power is limited by the 4 to 20 milliamp signal. Uh, they must be able to operate on less than four milliamps, mm -hmm. which is not much, you know, and it, it limits what type of devices can be two-wire loop-powered. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the application, APL provides more than half a watt or more than one watt of power to, uh, to a device, which is almost like 10 to 20 times uh, that of 4 to 20 milliamp devices. So devices uh, in the past, uh, you know, had to be, you know, those that had to be uh, separately powered, you know, in the past, will in the future actually be powered over the same single pair of wires. Uh, no separate the power cable needs to be pulled. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So what sort of um, possibilities does this open up for existing devices? Can um, current devices from flow meters to DP or temperature transmitters, what kind of new things are, are possible with, with more power other than, you know, obviously you, all the secondary variables that can come in over the over over the APL signal, but are there other new kind of capabilities that we can power um, with this new technology? Sure, yeah. So well four milliamp, you know, is sufficient, you know, to loop power many of the familiar instrument types like pressure, temperature, level, and some flow transmitters like DP and vortex, as well as liquid analyzers like pH and conductivity. But 4 milliamp is not sufficient to loop power certain other types of flow meters like Coriolis, uh, mass flow and, and mag flow, for instance. So 
those today need separate power, at least for the larger sizes. But uh, yeah, in the future, you know, with APL, many of these uh, device types, uh, but not all, could be two-wire powered, thus uh, simplifying installation. But even devices which uh, already are two-wire powered today can benefit from more power provided by APL. More power means more powerful microprocessors, you know, which enable more advanced signal processing, uh, which benefits some measurement types, such as those based on radar and uh, ultrasound, uh, which become more accurate and more robust, you know, with uh, better signal processing. Yeah. yeah, more power also means faster measurement updates. And remember also, you know, for the type of instrumentation such as transmitters and valve positioners we are familiar with, you know, the greater bandwidth that you also get with APL, you know, means a higher speed. So you can put more devices on a network than with traditional field bus and, and still get faster response time. So yeah, you don't need as many networks, you know, as you did with field bus. It, it also gives you greater spare capacity and flexibility to later add more devices to a network, you know, without having to re-engineer to add another network and uh, junction box. That is, uh, APL provides greater ability to accommodate changes late, you know, in greenfield projects or, or even after startup, you know, without extensive re-engineering. You know. Such flexibility is, uh, is critical to initial project execution and later, you know, for, for plants to stay evergreen. Absolutely. Maybe we can talk a little bit, uh, dig into a little bit more about the, the, the types of capabilities uh, that represents. Maybe Emerson, obviously known for its Coriolis meter. Um, uh, power and bandwidth, I think, would allow it to be more sensitive, right? Because you can actually have more power to uh, energize the, the sensor, the, the, the tubes as they vibrate. Is that right? Yeah. So that's, you know, because the, I mean, the tubes need power, right? So that's why today they are, uh, at least the larger sizes need a lot of power, right? So, right. so they have to be separately powered, you know, to get that sensitivity and, uh, you know, and accuracy, right? You know, right. but with, with APL, you know, you can get that, uh, sufficient power, you know, over the same two, two wires, you know, so. Uh, you can get two wire devices, you know, with, which uh, are more accurate and, and up to larger sizes, you know, and so on, thanks to APL. You know? So, so these these, these are this is a, it's a very good example of what you can do with uh, APL. And the same thing for MagFlow, right? They also right. need to to uh, to energize the flow tube there. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. What about in terms of devices that tend to have some kind of a spectrum capability, like a you know, a radar mm -hmm. tank gauge where you're dealing with, with a lot of data. I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of data that stays stranded in the, in the transmitter mm -hmm. nowadays. You're not seeing the, the mm -hmm. spectrum of how the, the, the radar signal or other um, um, technologies or vibration type of instrumentation. Does this open up better abilities to measure processes or do diagnostics for those kind of instruments? Absolutely. You know, so... For a radar level transmitter, more power means it, it can use, you know, the frequency modulated continuous wave or, you know, FMCW uh, sensing technology instead of the simpler pulsed radar, you know. So FMCW has greater temperature stability and is better at handling uh, disturbing echoes, you know, particularly in tall tanks. Mm -hmm. So FMCW does require, you know, advanced signal processing, right? But with the power from APL, transmitters will be able to, you know, provide 
faster updates rate than in the past. And you also benefit, you know, from high bandwidth is that, uh, you know, during the inst uh, instrument commissioning, the, you know, the radar commissioning, mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to wait, you know, for the radio echo curve to kind of slowly load in your setup app, right? It comes instantly. Yeah. And it, it can actually stream live, you know, like, like live video. So mm -hmm. you can adjust the installation and see how the echo curve, you know, dynamically changes accordingly, right? And mm -hmm. and you can see disturbances from agitators inside the tank. So so easier to commission. Yeah. Wow. That, that sounds like that would definitely cut some startup time off of a project yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think another good one is like gas analyzers, right? You know, that might also be possible. Mm -hmm. Imagine, for instance, installing the gas analyzers in the field near the process sampling point. So with man, a minimal sampling lines, you know, instead of running APL back to the people that need the data, uh, you know, so instead you use APL to, to run the data back to, mm -hmm. to the people, right? So this is a whole lot easier to build and maintain than constructing analyzers, shelters, and, and yeah. lay and maintain long sampling lines, you know, the traditional. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it, um, we haven't really talked about some of the whole movement towards uh, the industrial IoT or doing more um, diagnostics of, of process diagnostics as well as instrument diagnostics. Do you see a new mm -hmm. uh, new wave of being able to handle those types of uh, yeah. data loads, uh, much large, uh, much larger data loads more easily? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, thanks to digital transformation, IoT and industry 4.0 and fourth industrial revolution, right? There's a huge interest in equipment condition monitoring and analytics, right? And mm -hmm. not just for the large critical turbo machinery, but, you know, turbines and compressors already have vibration monitoring in some, and in some cases, prediction, right? You know, which mm -hmm. is, is very successful. But these online systems are very expensive, right? So plant now want to do that kind of condition monitoring on their second tier essential assets like palms and fans and conveyors, etc. as well. Mm -hmm. But at lower cost, you know, since it's less yeah. demanding application. So some of this is done by wireless transmitters, as you know. But right. for some assets, you know, uh, plants now deploy, you know, asset monitors, uh, you know, which are edge devices uh, sitting in the field, you know, mon monitoring multiple assets. Uh, so today these use re regular Ethernet with separate power. Mm -hmm. And they do help plants, you know, to move to predictive maintenance for, uh, you know, a, a much greater portion of their uh, equipment. Right. But yeah, in the future, this could use uh, APL, you know, to be even easier to deploy. Yeah. Are there um, new types of instruments that maybe we're not used to envisioning in a in the in the process field that this this opens up as well? Well, uh, let, let's think about you know. Bear with me here for a minute, okay? So let's think about Ethernet in the office, you know. Yeah. So it's not just connecting laptops and servers to the internet. Ethernet also connects printers and scanners. And in our office, you know, the phones are on the Ethernet, are on Ethernet. CCTV cameras on our, are on Ethernet. The video wall display is on Ethernet. And I'm sure there's more, right? So this go to meet, this go to meeting session that we're doing right now is, uh, is up. Exactly. You know, so Ethernet is the single common infrastructure, right? And there are no separate phone lines anymore, no separate CCTV cabling and so on. You know? A single Ethernet infrastructure instead, you know, takes the place of maybe five separate infrastructures uh, in the past, you know. So mm -hmm. Ethernet EPL can do the same for process area in the plant. So 
APL has potential to not only take the place of 4 to 20 milliamp infrastructure, but also, you know, the RS-485 infrastructure, the right. video cabling infrastructure, and, and regular Ethernet infrastructure in the plant area, you know, into a single common APL infrastructure in, instead of five dedicated infrastructure that we have today. You know? So a dramatic uh, simplification, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so to, to answer your question, you know, with, with that, for instance, you know, uh, so, so many plants, they want to be able to see foaming or pebble size or stratifications, you know, in their mm-hmm. process, right? So today they send field operators out, you know, to check, you know, peeping through an inspection window, you know, in, in the future, they can just drop in an APL video camera. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, your perimeter CCTV here, you know, right. that will continue to use regular Ethernet. But, you know, I'm talking about video playing a more important role in the process area in the so you could easily drop in an API, APL HMI panel, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, if, if that would help you in certain tasks. You know, and perhaps we will see uh, LIDAR in process applications. So mm-hmm. Some of these things are theoretically possible today. You, you, you just need to lay 100 meters or a few hundred meters of Ethernet fiber, right, mm-hmm. and power for that one device, you know. So yeah. it's just too costly for a single use case. So, so it doesn't get approved. But... But once you have APL in every corner of the plant, yeah. dropping in these cameras, H&I panels, LIDAR, asset monitors, you know, flow meters and gas analyzers, you know, becomes easy and uh, and low cost, you know, paving the way for that continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, I do think what, what one of the neat things is that it accommodates um, multiple different protocols since you're really only talking about the physical layer with, with APL. From a uh-huh. practical perspective, do you think Will there be a, being a very conservative industry, will there be an instinct to say, okay, we want just control on, on, on these segments, but, you know, there may be a separate, separate, separately segmented network over here for, say, electrical equipment running, you know, maybe, maybe, um, Profinet over there versus the hard IP over for the instrumentation and control networks. What's your sense on that? Or, or is that, is there sufficient yeah. bandwidth that we probably wouldn't, wouldn't even worry about it? I'm just kind of curious what your take on that. Well, that, well, there's plenty of bandwidth, right? And uh, Ethernet APL, you know, supports IP, and and with that, yeah, it enables you know multiple application protocols, like you say. Yeah. So uh, with APL, it's it's no longer hard or Modbus or Profibus. It's it's really hard IP and Modbus TCP and Profinet. Mm-hmm. You know, plus other protocols such as HTTPS for web browsing or RTSP for video, right? Yeah. All on the same wire at the same time. And, yeah. and there will also be OPC UA to HMI panels and analyzers. But yeah, having said that, it, it's good engineering practice to have subnets and security zones, right? So yeah. there will be a, a, a subnet for the electrical gear in, in that room, right? And, and most of the traffic on that subnet might be profinet, like you say. But yeah. uh, it will not be purely a single protocol like uh, in the bus days, right? But there will also be HTTP and OPC UA. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you know, like this kind of electrical gear might continue to use regular Ethernet since MCC is usually indoor, you know, with short instances. Well, that's true. But too. yeah, yeah, APL instrumentation will most likely use hard IP, but yeah, the subnets from for instrumentation will uh, also not just be a single protocol. Like there, there will be hard IP, sorry, HTTP and OPC UA. Uh, at the same time, right? Uh, so yeah. The mix of devices and use cases, you know, sharing the same infrastructure and the yeah. mix of software tapping into 
you know, to their data really necessitates a, a mix of protocols. You know? So yeah. the benefit of Ethernet is really the, the shared infrastructure. And, and you can't do that without, you know, without mixing protocol. I think it's just a, it'll be just a kind of a mind shift required to, to, for people uh. to, to, to take that, that in this environment, you know, that, that they become used to in the office environment and at home, obviously, as well, to say, okay, yeah, it, it's going to work here too. So it might take a little time, yeah. but, but it makes yeah, sense. So, yeah. In fact, you can apply the office analogy here too, right? You know, mm -hmm. the, the beauty of IP is that one protocol doesn't have to do everything, right? You know, because yeah. yeah, in the office and, and at, Home, right? We use HTTP for web browsing and FTP for file transfer and IMAP for mail. You know, each each protocol is specialized for a particular function, and yeah, APL will be just like that. Great. From an install base perspective, we we've been talking a little bit or touching on the, the Hard IP, which is the global community of instrumentation technician engineers are certainly more comfortable with with the Hard Protocol when it comes to managing and communicating with smart instruments and and other protocols that are, I mean, it seems like we're on the verge of uh, some competing interests, I, I would say, in, at the protocol level for, for Ethernet APL with people advocating for hard IP, obviously, but also Ethernet as well as, uh, you know, OPC, perhaps going straight to uh, OPC field level communications and even uh, Ethernet IP, meaning the, the ODVA version of Ether, Ethernet IP. Um, yeah. What's your what's your sense in how that's going to play out um, in terms of the landscape for for protocols uh, when it comes to the especially the process instrumentation side of things, which is our bread and butter and then the controls controls community. Yeah, well, I mean the protocols can exist, right? So, but but think about the mix of device signal types, right? So let's say you right now you're planning to build an uh, a plant based on APL, let's say, and, uh, and and we will see APL in DCS and PLC very soon. So no problem, you know, for the core process control of the main plant to go APL. Mm -hmm. But what about the safety system, you know, the firing gas system and the machinery protection? Mm -hmm. I think they will be slower to adopt APL. Uh, so for now, they have to use 40, 20 milliamp part devices. Yeah. I also believe packet unit vendors, you know, like boiler manufacturer, will take a while to adopt APL. So mm -hmm. they will shut modules instrumented with 4 to 20 milliamp part for now, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and like we discussed, APL makes more sense, you know, for certain instrument types than others. So it'll be a while before everything is available in mm -hmm. APL. And, and let's not forget, you know, about, you know, wireless sensors, right? So, Plants now use wireless sensors instead of portable testers for vibration and ultrasound leak test and ultrasound yeah. thickness for corrosion inspection and instead of temperature guns and so on. And, and plants also put in wireless sensors instead of mechanical pressure and temperature gauges, side level glasses and variable flow meters, etc. So these wireless sensors use wireless heart, right? So clearly it becomes a lot easier to manage this mix of instrumentation if APL devices use hard IP, right? Because right. hard IP, 4 to 20 milliamp hard and wireless hard, they're all hard. They mm -hmm. all work and look and feel the same way, right? So this makes the job of the instrument engineers and technicians so much easier. So, because, you know, lots of functionality and terminology is common, right? So, yeah. and oh, by the way, you can run hard IP all the way to the cloud. We run hard IP from wireless gateways uh, in the plant to analytics uh, in the cloud, you know, without mm -hmm. converting to intermediate. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe on another note, uh, you know, faster sampling time uh, also means, you know, faster control loops, you know, which mm -hmm. means better control, you know. So yeah. faster response time also means, uh, you know, that approved APL devices could in the future be used for functional safety. So with digital, you know, we can avoid, you know, uh, covert failures associated with analog signals. So high speed enables uh, safety instrumented functions, you know, fire, right. fire and gas and machinery protection system that currently, you know, uh, are hardwired mm -hmm. uh, can go digital. Uh, that is, you know, so really all plant systems can go APL, not just the basic process control. So and APL also means... Yeah, you know, many devices will have embedded web servers, you know, yeah. so you can configure, diagnose, and otherwise, you know, manage these devices from a regular web browser. Yeah, and I, I think it's also clear that all those uh, 4 to 20 milliamp heart devices aren't, aren't going away anytime soon. I mean, you look at the rate of new yeah. plant construction here in the, in the, certainly in the U.S., there's not a lot of new plants uh, going up, so heart is probably going to be around for for or four to 20 milliamp part, I should say, is going to be around for yeah. a matter of decades. So having some commonality yeah. of a mixed environment is, is certainly yeah. a, a selling yeah. point for using using hard IP in, in those situations yeah. as well as the wireless. So our, our, what users should do, right, is that, yeah. I mean, they are constantly upgrading their DCS, right? You know, you do that every couple of years. You know, you upgrade your DCS, you upgrade your device management software. You know, so up, make sure that you upgrade Upgrade your DCS to support Heart IP, you know, so that you can benefit from uh, Heart IP in your existing DCS, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, because Heart IP is not just you know for the APL devices, you know, mm -hmm. Heart IP it can be used in heart in, in heart multiplexers also that right. some plants have, you know, and it's also used in wireless heart gateways, you know, so you don't wait on, until you're building your next plant, you know. Yeah. You know, upgrade to hard IP in your existing plant. You know, it, it, and many users actually have hard IP already, but they don't even know it. You know, it, it's just <laughs> picking away there in the background in, in 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 all all of their wireless hard gateways. Yeah, it would it would make sense that that plays a role in in many of the um, kind of configurable I/O solutions that are out there as well that are extracting heart data on a regular basis from those 4 to 20 milliamp signals already. So I would imagine yeah. in some DCSs that's, that's in the background functioning as well. Yeah, it is. And, and we're also seeing it, uh, you know, like in, uh, you know, safe, safety logic solvers and, uh, and so on. So yeah, heart IP is, is, is out there. It's actually been around for more than 10 years, you know, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a very well-kept secret, really. <laughs> Any other recommendations for for users who are or, or folks at engineering firms out there listening about you know how they should prepare their next um, their their current systems or their their next uh, designs um, for for this uh, coming revolution? I should say. I think the main thing, okay, is keep in mind, you know, that we are moving away, you know, from a from a single protocol. You know, that was bus type of thing, you know, now we're moving into multiple protocols, okay, so, yeah, make sure to use, you know, the right application protocols, you know, for the right application, okay, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, so, so that could mean, you know, like your motor controls might be using Profinet or Modbus TCP mm -hmm. or OPC way, 
while your instrumentation uses heart IP. Mm -hmm. You know, and with the modern DCS, that's not going to be any problem at all because they support all of these protocols, you know, so uh, no issue. Well, it's going to be exciting to see uh, how this new new technology uh, kind of transforms what's what's possible. Uh, we've been through a lot over these years where we both date back to uh, field bus days or before field bus days. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see yeah. how things continue to change. Uh, certainly no no lack of change in this uh, what used to yeah. be somewhat sleepy industry, but boy, things are changing yeah. fast now, aren't they? Yeah. So on that note, APL actually have two important things going for it, okay? Yeah. The first one being that, you know, with Fieldbus, everything was really connected very much in parallel, right? So, yeah. and some users might have experienced that, you know, if noise makes its way in on the bus, you can't really know at which device it entered, you know? So it made troubleshooting quite challenging. Okay? Mm -hmm. The beauty with APL is that the switch is really like a, well, it's a switch, right? So mm -hmm. each, you know, device sit, actually sits it's pretty much on its own network, you know, or, right. or spur, if you will, right? And what happens is that if a no if noise makes its way into one device, it only affects that device. It doesn't propagate to the other ones, okay? So first of all, you know, network becomes very robust. And secondly, it becomes very evident, you know, where the noise is getting in. So it becomes mm -hmm. easier to troubleshoot, you know? So yeah. that's one great advantage of uh, APL. Mm -hmm. The second one being is that, you know, the FDI package, you know, that device mm -hmm. description file, Yeah. that was always a big headache to get that, right? You know, yeah. but with APL devices, that can be stored on board devices and automatically uploaded into the system. So you don't have to search the web, you know, to extract that right file, uh, you know, the right file for your particular device and model and version and all of that you know so that that's dramatically simplified and oh by the way you know you can similarly you can just upload the instruction manual from the device that can also be on board the device mm -hmm. you know so so perhaps the the two biggest points there you know uh, it, we, we learned a lot from from Fieldbus and uh, and we made a, a apl uh, better in this sense mm -hmm. so instruments uh, of, of the on Ethernet, be able to really hold the promise to be have a higher level of, of self configuration and and um, you know uh, things like we take for granted now with say a printer at home or in the office. Instruments will be a lot more like that in terms of having a layer of self recognition and you know you don't have to go dig out the CD ROM with the device driver and that sort of thing on, on these kind of things. So you really see that happening in the instrument realm as well. Yeah, you know because that that can now. It's shipped on the device, you know, and thanks to the abundant bandwidth, you know, the system yeah. uploaded and, uh, you know, so, yeah, it, it solves that, that type of uh, problem. Yeah. One of the things you were mentioning about diagnostics uh, for, mm -hmm. you know, the noise levels on the different spurs, understand that mm -hmm. some of the chip level manufacturers, they can actually tell, like, if there's a fault in a wire, you know, somewhere along this kilometer, thousand meter length, they can actually pinpoint exactly where that fault is um you know within you know a few meters of so if you're having problems with that wiring not only is it just a bad wire but they can actually you know really have good diagnostics around where that where that fault might be which is another another layer of, of diagnostic information that you may not have uh, in traditional schemes 
Yeah, I mean, so I mean, the the silicon ha has come so so far, you know, and yeah, and and, and thanks to, uh, I mean, even like network switches, you know, for APL, I mean, they will have embedded web server just like they do for regular Ethernet and Wi-Fi, right? So yeah, so that's how you can access that type of diagnostics, right? So you you will in the future you will be troubleshooting with a web browser, but in not a test pen or a multimeter. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes a ton of sense. Any other last mm -hmm. comments, Jonas? Really appreciate you taking the time. Any other things that our our, our listeners should should remember? Keep in mind. Uh, no. So uh, the main thing is, uh, you know, uh, design for multiple protocols, and yeah, make life easy for your <laughs> for the people that are going to operate the plant. You know, by uh, by using hard IP. That sounds great. Well, thanks so much, Jonas, for sharing your perspective with us today. It's really been thought-provoking and a real pleasure as always. Again, our, our guest today has been Jonas Berg, Senior Director of Applied Technology for Emerson. Thank you all listeners for tuning in, and thanks also to Emerson for sponsoring this episode. Once again, Jonas, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And I'm Keith Larson. You've been listening to a Control Amplified podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe at the iTunes Store and at Google Podcasts. Plus, you can find the full archive of past episodes online at controlglobal.com. Signing off until next time.